Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for your big book study. My name is Russ M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, December 23rd, 2022, and today we're reading from the big book on We Agnostics. We are on page 50, the fourth paragraph, the fifth sentence, and then we're going to read from that fifth sentence to the end of the paragraph. Once confused and baffled, uh, through the conclusion of the paragraph, a, a powerful reason why one should have faith. All right, today's readers are for the 12 steps Zoe N, 12 traditions Kelly K. Reading, uh, starting us off reading the text is Colleen M. Page 164 is Anne Marie M. Our backup reader is Sherry D. Newcomer reader Sandy K. And second hour host is Karen K. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, December 22nd, 2022, 7 a.m. meeting, Eastern Time, 19,775. That's 19,775. The 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, 19,776, 19,776. The 08 Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating, compulsive food behaviors, and carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. We have someone unmuted. If you could just press star one, check your phone. All right. Our sole purpose, OA's fixed tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of 12, the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested, suggested as a program of recovery. And I've asked Kelly Kay to read the 12 steps. I'm sorry, Zoe Ann, read the 12 steps. Sorry about that. Good morning, Zoe Ann, compulsive overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our our affairs. Thank you, Pass. All right, thank you, Zoe. Next up is Kelly Kay with the traditions. Twelve traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, as an OA group, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thanks, Kelly. How our meeting works. Our meeting meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one on mute, once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we resume our study in the big book in We Agnostics on page 50, the fourth paragraph, the fifth sentence. And from that fifth sentence, we're going to end that paragraph. And it starts with, once confused and baffled, and it ends with a powerful reason why one 
should have faith. And now Colleen M. is going to start us off. Hi, Russ. This is Colleen M. from Maryland. Thanks for your service. Once confused and baffled by the seemingly futility of existence, they showed the underlying reason why they were making heavy go of life. Leaving aside the drink question, they tell why living was so unsatisfactory. They show how the change came over them when many hundreds of people were able to say that the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their lives. They present a powerful reason why one should have faith. Well, well, that's, uh, that's a powerful paragraph. Like I said, I'm, I'm Colleen M. from Maryland, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. First, I want to make an amends to the group I shared yesterday at the 8 o'clock meeting because I did not realize I was going to be the first reader today. So I will do my best not to let that happen again. So, um, so this, um, I looked up the word futility, and futility means, um, let me look at it again, pointlessness or uselessness. And that is, is truly how I felt um, in my early years of abstinence. This paragraph is so powerful for me because it really talks about where I came with my spiritual journey. Um, when I got back here after a 10-year relapse uh, about six years ago, I had um, convinced myself that my higher power was not um, was useless. And um, I had tried in so many ways through um, intellect to get connected to my higher power and was not able to do it. And then um, about two years into abstinence, I still felt this futility. Uh, I would wake up every day, just this heaviness, um, like I just need to get through this day. Um, Really didn't understand why I felt that way. But, you know, I did not have a lot of joy um, tried to fake it till I made it, but it wasn't until um, I put down a lot of my other behaviors, um, and not necessarily around food, but other um, behaviors that I had that I believe were blocking me from my higher power. And I also believe this is the progression of my mental illness um, as an addict and my spiritual sickness. Um, and also, I, I wanted to do this program my way. I took what I liked. I didn't, you know, I didn't follow all of the directions. Um, there was an amends that I knew I was supposed to make that I was being told I didn't by sponsors, but I, I knew deep down I did, and I wasn't able to do that or willing. So the change has come over me as far as uh, when last time I reworked these steps, put down all of my addictive behaviors and just started to choose to believe. And this book tells us we have a choice. I chose to believe that there was a power outside of me that would help me. And that, that power was all love, um, all power and, um, and cared about me. And that's really where I started my journey. And I stopped trying to figure it out. And now, before, all I could see was where God wasn't present in my life. Um, today, I can see the little nuances of where God is present in my life. God. And it is just, 
thank you very much. It's turned a corner for me in a powerful way. And, um, you know, I hope all of you can continue to work on that as well. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Colleen. So now we're going to open up the lines for sharing. And uh, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day. So if you shared on uh, Wednesday or yesterday, please step back and allow others to, to share. And I'll let you know if I don't hear you, okay? Just to expedite the Lisa. process. So, oh, so we're going to take a list. We got... We got Lisa H. Barbara E. from New Jersey. No Barbara. Anne Marie. Anne Marie. Alice. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pretty please. I I got Lisa, Noel, I think, and then I heard Anne Marie. Uh, Linda D. Jen A. Good job. Hold on, hold on, hold on, pretty please. So you got Lisa, Barbara, Noel, Anne Marie. I heard Jen. There's uh, someone before Jen, which I I missed. Uh, 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 I think Loretta was in there. Loretta. Loretta H. Yep. Jen A. And then there was. I will get you, John. Uh, There's someone before that. Alice W. Ginger C. Uh, Ginger. That's who it was. All right, let's take a few more. Because I know I mismatched that one. Trisha. Lauren Grace B. New Jersey. Alice W. Uh, Alice. Roz. I heard Roz G. Man, we got a list today, boys. All right, this is what we're going to go with. And whoever I didn't get, I promise I'll try to get you next next round. So, Lisa H, Barbara E, I believe it was Noel, if I'm right, Amory M, Loretta H, Jen A, Ginger C, Johan, Johan M, Trisha C, Alice W, and Roz G. All right, Lisa, you're up. Lisa H, I believe it was. Good morning, Russ. Lisa H. Um, gratefully recovered in Memphis, Tennessee. And um, gosh, years ago when I was very newly recovered, <clears throat> a fellow asked me what my favorite line in the big book was. And right, that is that was a difficult um, a difficult thing to think about. And and I was newly recovered, and I remember telling her that the line was, you know, when many hundreds of people are able to say that the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their life, they present a powerful reason why one should have faith. And um, because I, at the, I think that that was what I wanted, that that was what I saw. Um, I know many of, you, many of you have been to the Vision for You conventions and there were hundreds of people. Um, I went in 17 and again in 19. And the, the beauty of seeing um, hundreds of people that had um, found this way, found this solution, found whatever their um, conception of God was that was deep down inside of them, um, that they, and that they were able to share that. 
Um, and it was visibly not only um, not only physically, right? All these people, you know, b- between the hundreds of us, we've lost hundreds of thousands of pounds. Um, but the but the beauty uh, in their eyes and in their faces, and this willingness um, to put down to put themselves aside and and share the solution with other people, you know, and, and then this idea of faith, because I thought I'd always, I'd always had this idea of faith, right? This idea that, um, that there was this power, um, that was evident in my life and in your life, um, this power that I couldn't see, but I knew without a doubt existed. Um, and so, um, here I am, you know, gosh, seven plus years later, um, that to me is still uh it really does that's what i'm that's what i hope for that's what i strive for this daily consciousness of the presence of god um and and to live this way of life with all of you you know walking shoulder to shoulder um and so i'm just so grateful um that i'm where i am today um that i'm sharing this journey with all of the hundreds of you that also um, also are able to say that the consciousness of the presence of God is the most important thing in our lives and that we're able to share it with each other. And with that, I'll pass. All right there, Lisa. Thanks a lot. Next up is Barbara E. Followed by Noel, I believe. I'll get your first initial after. Barbara, you're up. Good morning, everyone. This is Barbara E. in New Jersey, a volume compulsive overeater. I do want to hear a little background. I'll ignore it because I felt compelled to speak today. When I came into Overeaters Anonymous two decades ago, all I wanted to do was lose weight. Then I thought I'd be perfect. I'd be normal. I'd be able to go out in front of other people and not feel ashamed of my body. But I learned very quickly there was so much more than losing weight because for me, being thin wasn't the answer. I was still the same person. I had to work all the steps every day and all the tools too. I couldn't say, well, I'll do one, two, and three. You know that, waltz. I had to do everything, but I misunderstood it. It said, take what you want and leave the rest. So I figured I'd take one and two and three, and maybe I'd believe it, and then jump right to 11 and 12, or maybe even skip 11 and just help other people. I wasn't ready to do that. I had a lot of learning to do. I had to learn to be humble, to have that spiritual awareness, and then to do this service. I had to understand that, yes, there were certain foods I couldn't eat, but I'm a volume overeater. I will eat on everything. I'll overeat on broccoli, on spinach, on things you'd say, oh, no, not me, because I only said I ate one meal a day, and it lasted 24 hours. Now, my daughter is allergic to lobster. She wouldn't wake up on 
Friday and say, hmm, I think I'll try lobster today. Maybe I won't get stabbed by an EpiPen and I won't be rushed to the hospital. So that's what I have to remember. I can't skip anything. I have to be spiritually aware. I have to pray to my own special higher power. I don't believe I need to say every single step by rote. I can say a simple prayer like, God, please help me today. I need your help. Without it, I don't think I'll have a good one. And then at night, if I'm very lucky, I can say a simple prayer like thanks. Or if I feel like eating, I call another person and I say to them, would you talk to me? I feel like eating and I know I shouldn't. And I'm very lucky because this fellowship supports me. And very rarely will a person say, oh, I'd love to, Barbara, but I'm too busy. Thank you, Russ, for your service. Thank you, everyone, for being on this program. I appreciate, I love you, and I am a grateful compulsive overeater because without you, I think I'd be dead by now. In fact, I'm pretty darn sure I would. Thank you, everyone. Have a lovely December. Pass. All right, Barbara. Thanks a lot. Next up is Noel, followed by Anne Marie Ann. And I just need the first initial of your last name, Noel. Good morning. This is Noel E. Um, gratefully recovered here in Louisiana. Uh, thank you for your service, everybody on this line. I'm usually at the 10 a.m. meeting, so what a gift it is to be with all of you. And um, and I won't share long because I have a friend awake with me now, my three-year-old. But I just wanted to share that the consciousness of the power of God today is the most important fact of their lives. Uh, is um, is the most important fact of my life, e- even more than this, you know, this little boy right here. Um, yes, his name, and um, and you know, God loves him more than I ever could. So to seek God is the is you know my only aim in life. So thank you all. I'll pass. Thanks, Noel. Next up is Anne Marie Ann, followed by the Red Age. Good morning, Russ. This is and everyone. This is Anne Marie M, a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina, and recovered through God's grace. I need to remember that, and by working the steps, the twelve steps. This uh, paragraph, like the uh, one of the shares, um, my purpose of joining OA was to lose weight because I thought as if I could get thin enough, then everything would be, um, my life would be great. And I got so much more than getting thin. I'm so grateful today that my uh, I'm happy with the way my body is. I'm, you know, never did I ever think that I would be okay with my weight. Because before, it would, I just kept on losing and losing, and it was never enough because my focus was on myself and going through the steps has helped me to put my focus on God the presence of God today in my in my life is the most important important thing and this change has occurred 
um, not by me, but to me, by my higher power, whom I, I choose to call God. And on page uh, 25 of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, the great fact is just this and nothing else, that we have a deep and effective spiritual experience which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and towards God's universe. And my attitude towards others and, and towards myself has changed 180 degrees. And um, yesterday they talked, there's been a revolutionary change in the way of their living and thinking. And I can say that for me, that my, my, the way that I look at life is totally different. I um, have been, I'm coming up on two years, and that is a miracle. Uh, for 10 years or more, I struggled with many sponsors. Thank you, God, for each and every one of those sponsors that have uh, attempted to help me. And what has changed this time is my relationship with God is solid. I thought I had a good relationship with God. You know, I did have a good relationship with God, and that was it. I didn't continue. You know, the 11th step talks about, we, you know, we continue to uh, improve on our consciousness contact with God and I wasn't I wasn't attempting to improve on it and that's what the big difference for me today is is improving my conscious contact with God I spend time with him in the morning I talk with others and um, yesterday I, I was talking with someone and um, you know I, I was able to direct them to not to go to have a, have huh. a, a nice Anyway, I was able to direct them to God, and that is a miracle. So I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Anne Marie. Next up is Loretta H., followed by Jen A. Thank you, Russ, and thank you for hearing me with all the commotion. Loretta H. recovered, and thank you all along with my precious God, who saves my life every day. I look at the word faith change and consciousness and those three things are where I am today and so grateful for it so faith is a strong belief in God based on apprehension and that's my story I came in here as an agnostic rather than proof but today I have this relationship only because of change the act or of making and becoming different, and then that conscious contact. Today, I am awake because of the steps and my practice of prayer, meditation, 10, 11, and 12. But as somebody said that's going to share soon, I have to do every step. The first step is honesty, and I have to be honest about everything today, and that includes my food. I've been in program. I came in. My dad was dying. I could not go see him because I was in the throes of this disease. He died, and I did not show up. As a result, this wretch in January, for some reason, got this spiritual miracle. It's like the Christmas miracle after Christmas, and I started to have faith, first of all, in my sponsor, but then I developed the faith in my understanding because I had a lot of apprehension about God. 
of my understanding that has saved my life. And I just want to um, share what I've been sharing all because of the Christmas season. On page 14, Bill says in his little kitchen, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. And that's what I can carry in this program when I work these steps. Because my problem is not, it is not the food. It is about my unmanageability of my life. And when my life is unmanageable, I am a wretch. And today I have amazing grace because of this program. And my Christmases are going to be God's grace and mercy no matter what happens. And with that, I pass. Happy holidays to everybody, and God bless and goodwill to all men. All right, all right. Thanks a lot. So next up is going to be Gen A, but let me let you know where we're at. If you jumped on a little later, we're in We Agnostics, page 50, the fourth paragraph, and uh, the, I believe it's the, the fifth sentence, but we're reading the last, last part of that. Uh, once... Once confused and baffled through uh, a powerful reason why one should have faith. All right, Jane, you're up. Jane, star one. Hey, Russ, thanks so much. I was waiting. I think I unmuted in the middle of the <laughs> chat there. Thanks so much for taking the meeting. This is Jane recovered in Colorado and um, so exciting to hear all the voices wanting to come on and share about this paragraph. Why? Because uh, they show they show how the change came over them. And when many of hundreds of people are able to say that the consciousness of the presence of God today is the most important fact to their lives, they present a powerful reason why one should have faith. What an awesome promise to read today. You know, step two is um, came to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. And every day when I wake up, I say step one and then step two, and when I'm thinking about step two, I go, I know that you are there, Lord. Like, I know that you can make things possible. I didn't know that when I came into Overeaters Anonymous, and I think the timing is perfect on this in December because I was able to travel one year um, with some fellows uh, to the OA birthday party in Los Angeles that they have every year. And um, we uh, went to a beach, and there was about, oh, my gosh, maybe seven, eight, nine of us, and we listened to a Vision for You meeting and the seagulls were chirping in the background, you know, and the ocean was uh, the ocean was out there, and there was that ocean liner out there, just like we read about in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And we were all out there, and the camaraderie and the joy, and it was my first experience in this fellowship, and just seeing that there was faith. I saw it in hundreds of folks, right, as I, as I was at that OA birthday party for the first time in person, and it became alive to me. And the people are still on this line today that stood on that beach, and we all listened to that meeting together, and we all shared. And the tears fell from my eyes. It was surreal. God came alive in this program for me, and now God comes alive for me every single day. Whether I'm at work, whether I'm with my kids, um, the awareness and the consciousness, those are the God shots. I call them BFDs. That's what my sponsor called them, big fucking deals. There are things that happen in this program that light up. And you know what? I keep track of them in my notebook. And when I keep track of them, I put a little tab, colored tab on the side of them when I'm journaling and going through prayer, meditation, whatever I'm doing, the steps. 
And you know what? When I go back, I see a rainbow of color. And that rainbow is one thing that promises me what? That God is never going to leave me, never going to forsake me, just like he threw it up in the sky years ago and on a rainy day. I know that God is there for me. That's consciousness of God. And when the going gets tough and the shit hits the fan, let me tell you, I see that rainbow and that God too. And that's what's so amazingly beautiful about this program. Why should you have faith? I don't know. But you, you know, every reason, why not? You know what? Give it a shot. I did. And six and a half years later, I'm serving on that committee in Overeaters Anonymous at that birthday party. And I've made a whole list and spew of friends. And I'll just say that my timer's going off, so I better shut up. But man, what a gift. What a gift God is. What a gift higher power is. Your spirit of the universe, whatever you've got. I don't like change, but this change that's come over me has been done to me, Sorry. not by me. And that's the gift. And I'll pass. Thanks, Jen. All right. Next up is Ginger C. Um, followed by Johan. Good morning, Russ. Thank you for your service. I am Ginger C., a real compulsive overeater. So the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their lives. They present a powerful reason why one should have faith. I sit here this morning back only because of the power that lies within. And I will say like I did before I went to Virginia Beach, the one great prayer I said is God help me. And I was praying that, but I wasn't able to put the food down. And this miracle moment happened and the food put, got put down almost two weeks ago. So thank you, God, doing for me because as an addict, as a food addict, I lie, I cheat, and I steal. I know those three things very well. And I'm just going to be real transparent because, honestly, Bill doesn't talk about it three times in Chapter 5 at the beginning when he writes that chapter for nothing. It's so vital. And I'm in my fourth step, and I'm about to fifth step tomorrow morning. And I got a little nervous because there's some people that I wrote down there that I don't want to go make an amends to. And God forbid, what happens if I get to the ninth step? And my sponsor says, I have to make amends to these people. And I thought, well, you know what? They don't know who's on my list. I'm just going to scratch them off. And that is how I roll as an addict. It is ginger doing self-reliance always because I get afraid and I walk away from the most important piece. God. And thank God for how, right? Honest, open, and willing. And then that moment turned and I realized, Ginger, you did step three. This is a reliance program. This is God is everything or God is nothing. And I turned my life over. I quit playing God. And I said, nope, whatever's there is just going to stay there because God's got me in love and care and protection. So thank God for these works. Thank God that this power, I always give up on me. But this God never does. And I just want to share how great this God is for all of us because I'm a little bit in shock this morning. I have a Christmas miracle that I'll end on. You guys know that um, my mom left me when I was five from alcoholism. She has only known men and bottles her whole entire life and bars. And she loves the high top too. And it just drives me nuts at 85 years old to see her up on these bar stools. And um, her birthday was December 17th. And she woke up December 18th and she put herself into treatment for the first time ever. My mom, as I speak, is in treatment trying to address her own addiction. So who's ever eating, don't give up. And it's never too late. I don't care if you're 90 and you get in. 
one day is better than nothing. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Ginger. Next up is Johan M. And followed by Trisha C. Sorry about that. Hey, good morning. My name is Johan M. I'm a recovered compulsive orator in Sweden, currently in Spain. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for the shares. Thank you so much for service uh, today. And uh, yeah, thank you for everything. I'm, I'm just so grateful that I am in this program and that I have a relationship with God today. Um, when I came into the program, I had big troubles with the word God. I couldn't really accept God, but I was willing to uh, uh, to trust the process. I could see that it worked in my sponsor. I could see that it worked in others. I could see that something worked. <laughs> and I was completely hopeless and beaten. So... With that, you know, I just followed the instructions. It's like Bill says, it's simple, not easy, uh, but it is simple. It's just about following instructions and keep following instructions. You know, I'm here on vacation in Spain. That's, that's great. That's awesome. But, you know, my disease doesn't take vacation. I need to keep uh, keep having a relationship with God. Otherwise, I, you know, I will be back in the food in no time. Uh, and the, the way to, to do that is just to, to keep working the programs at 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis. I call into meetings from here. I take uh, the calls from my sponsees here. I call my sponsor every day from here. Uh, I get up uh, before the kids and everybody to do my step 11 in the morning. And uh, I keep doing my 10 steps every day. Just step 10, 11, and 12 every day to the best of my ability. And if I just do that, God will do the rest. It's it's so simple. It's just uh, keep following the instructions that are uh, you know that are outlined in in big book. And uh, if I do that, God keeps me abstinent, and you know God uh, puts joy in my life and happiness, and He heals my relationships, and you know He heals me from from inside out. And uh, I I made it incredibly complicated when I came in first uh, because I I. I uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I tend to overthink things, analyze, and, and things like that, you know. But today, God is just love for me. That's all. God is love. And with that, I know that God exists because I, uh, I know that love exists. So I'm 100% sure that God exists in my life. Uh, so very happy to be here and happy holidays to all of you. And uh, for that, I pass. Thank you. All right, Johan. Thanks a lot. Next up is Trisha C. followed by Alice W. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, everyone. This is Trisha C., compulsive eater, recovered in New Hampshire um, by the grace of God. Um, I love this on page 50, fourth paragraph, second sentence. You know, it helps me when I read this to meditate sometimes when I'm feeling disconnected, meditate on parts of a sentence and kind of break it down and this morning okay they flatly declare that since they have come to believe in a power greater than themselves okay what does that mean to me they come to believe in a power greater than me well that has to mean that i'm a smaller power right 
like before, I wanted to get this relationship with this power greater than myself so I could just be better, right? So I could be bigger. Really, if I look at it, I just wanted to be a greater power because I, I want connected into this power so I could be a greater power. That's not what it says. A power greater than themselves. So this means I'm not a small, I'm a smaller power and I'm not the director. This means less of me and more of you, God. That's my prayer for today. And then to take a certain attitude toward that power. Yes, it means what do I believe about this power? Loving, caring, all of that. But the certain attitude is, well, going back to those roles, right? I, he is the principal. I am the agent. He is the father. I am the child. The attitude is, God, I seek your will, not my will. Help me to seek your will, not my will, because I can't seek your will without your help. I can't even do that without your help. And then to do simple things, and that's the steps, right? Because my fists are closed. I can't receive a dang thing on my own. It's not that God wasn't there, and it's not even that I wasn't close to God. It's that I can't open my hands to receive the gift. But God can. And how does he do it? He does it through my working the steps. I can open my heart to receive the gift. And then it says there's been a revolutionary change in their way of living and thinking. Well, for a person like me who was literally a slave to the food, and I hated myself for it, and every day I'd go and say, I'm not going to eat again, and I would eat again. And yes, 75 pounds, absolutely, that's a miracle, and it's been off, and that's wonderful. But the bigger miracle is my mind is quiet when it comes to the food. And so thank you for all the shares, and um, with that, I pass. All right, thanks. Next up is Alice W., followed by Roz G., Sorry, did you say Alice W? Yep. Yeah, you're up, Alice. Hi, sorry. Alice W, I'm so nervous. I'm from the UK. First time sharing on this meeting. Um, So the, the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important factor of their lives. They present a powerful reason why one one should have faith. So... Here's how for me, um, I've been in relapse for, I had been in relapse for years and years. I couldn't get a day of not binging. I couldn't get an afternoon or an hour. And 78 days ago, um, I was sort of cross with my sponsor because I just got this new amazing sponsor and we're just talking about eating pizza. And I was like, no, like, why would you give that up? You know, I don't have a problem with that. And I got into an argument because I'm a bit of a a fighty person and I got into a thing about pizza and there was a suggestion of not doing it for 70 days, uh, 30 days because of my reaction. And it's now I'm like pizza girl. So basically 78 days ago, I, um, for 78 days, I've had abstinence, um, clean up uh, entire, entire abstinence when I couldn't get a day or, or an hour. Um, I've got an incredible sponsor I'm not smoking cigarettes, so that was one of the other things that's massive. I know it sounds silly, but like brushing my teeth, I got really lapsed and things like that. I wasn't taking care of myself. I'm doing all of that. I'm on step 12. I have a massive connection to God. 
I have a, a, a different body and that's not the point because <laughs> it was all about the point. Um, I have uh, incredible friendships. I have freedom. I feel love now, whereas I felt nothing before. And I'm learning what love is and relationships. And um, I had nothing before. I was just unconsciously stuffing my face. I have feelings now. Like I went to see my mum's grave. She died a year ago. And um, I cried. Uh, like I didn't, I couldn't cry because I was... I was a sort of uh, numbing, crying with food. But um, so I, I have have feelings now, and uh, I have recovered recovered friends, and I have have new friendships uh, who I feel really connected to. I've never met. Um, I also feel like I fly to America every day. It's at twelve o'clock, just <laughs> online, sort of. So I'm um, so I'm just incredibly grateful, um, and uh, you know. <laughs> not like so so it was all about pizza and and I've got all of this you know all of this that I received uh freely so um I probably going over three minutes but I just want to share that I'm so grateful and um anyone who thinks it's hopeless which is what I felt I thought it was impossible and by the way I was just I must finish on this I was about to give up and not do OA I was about to give up on OA I really was before I spoke to my sponsor who's my sponsor now I was absolutely going to give up. I tried everything. I, thank you. And um, so so just please don't give up <laughs> is all I'm saying. Please don't give up. Keep trying. Find the right sponsor. Bye. I'll leave it there. All right, Alice. Next up is Roz G. And I think we might have a little – yeah, we got time to take a few more after that. All right, Roz, you're up. Good morning, my friend Russ and all my overeater friends out there. This is Roz G, recovered in Palmdale, California. And this, the shares have been so awesome this morning. And uh, I want to hang out on the beach with you guys this year. Um, I want to talk about my attitude and my living and the presence of God. And um, I'm on my winter break uh, from work. I'll be off for three weeks of work and it's a time for me to reflect and and clean my house and yesterday i was looking in one of my cabinets and my son and i found this this bag of old pictures and um i was looking at myself in those pictures and my face i of course i judged my body size these are you know year 20 year old pictures and i looked at the deep sorrow in my face I had a smile on my face, but I was not a happy person. And my attitude towards God in those days, and I was a heavy churchgoer, my attitude towards the power, towards God was, what have you done for me lately? When everything and everyone does what I want and it's done my way, then I'll be happy. And guess what? That, that never happened. And... I've learned the certain attitude towards God is step three. Turn my will and my life over to the power of God. And step 11, asking God for the power. What is your will and the power to carry that out? That has nothing to do with what have you done for me lately and what are you going to do for me and bring to me? Nothing. It's a complete revolutionary change. And that 
it's it was selfish i was selfish i never it was never enough nothing was ever enough and today like i said it has been a whole revolutionary change god what do you want me to do today what can i do for you what can i do for the man that is still sick what can i do to help my 83 year old mother what can i do to encourage my students what can i do to encourage my sponsees or put myself out there to ask what do you need it it has very little to do with me and when i have that certain attitude god brings a multitude of blessings in my life so the presence of God, which I connect with every day in a quiet moment in the morning, with sitting there just listening to what God wants me to do, is so beautiful. And it has nothing to do with Sorry. what have you done for me. All right, I'll stop by saying thank you, God, for giving me that attitude of what can I do for you. I pass. All right, so I think we could take two shares. Uh, we, uh, so we got Vasa NWH. and Chris. Linda D. We got Vasa. Hold on, hold on. We got Vasa and Ken. I think that's as far as we want to get. So, uh, go ahead, Vasa. You're up. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Ross, for your service. And I'm Vasa grateful, I'm Vasa, oh, grateful, recovered, compulsive, Ovita calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. And thank you for your service, and, every, and thank you for everybody's service. And uh, when I came to my first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, there was really nothing that I wanted. Then to lose the weight, I had the, you know, the husband, I had the house, I had the children, and I just wanted to lose the weight, and my life was going to be just perfect. And I've been struggling with the food addiction for like 25 years before I came, uh, before we came, uh, before I came to my Overeaters Anonymous in 1986. Uh, And my food addiction kicked in when I was 15 years old, and we came in America, and when I discovered all this Foods that were not healthy that I was putting in my in my body, I had gained like 20 pounds in in one month, and my mom was so happy because in the old country I was very thin. So I know both sides of this, being thin, you know, and then being overweight. So ah, uh, you know, I you know I I was just ready and so willing and open minded when I came to my first meeting. I needed to set everything aside, what I knew about the food addiction, about myself, about everything, because whatever I was doing, it just was not working. So my surrender, my, my sponsor said the only way Vasa, for us to conquer the food addiction is to surrender, to go out to a power greater than ourselves, and, uh, and we need that power from God to come. And I said, well, I got nothing to lose, you know, except, you know, 30 or 35 pounds that I was carrying. and was getting so progressive as I was uh, come going, you know, with the food addiction. I didn't even know it was a food addiction. I just knew I loved to eat. So when I came and I read the first edition, uh, how the 
more than 100 men and women were being able to recover from their alcoholism. And, of course, I had to scratch, scratch alcohol to food. I wanted to know, and I wanted to do what these men did. And then, of course, coming to the program, I was very attracted to the people that had put the food down, and they were recovering. So it is by the grace of God I was ready and willing to surrender on my knees in my bathroom to a, to a power greater than myself. I just asked God, I said, forgive me for all the sins I had committed, and please help me. And I did have a spiritual experience right, right that moment. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning of my life in, uh, in, within my higher power and, and everything else. If I didn't have that spiritual experience, Fine. I don't think I would have come back. And I've been here for many, many, many years. And I'm just still here, and I'm still loving the recovery. Thank you for letting me share our pass. All right, Pastor. Thank you. Next up is Ken WH. You're going to take us out, Ken. Well, thank you, Russ. Good morning. Um, Ken WH here, recovered, recovering, <laughs> recovered, recovering compulsive eater from North Carolina. Uh, all I really wanted to say was this is a <clears throat> a paragraph that makes a transition for me uh, from believing that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity to believing in that power. And that meant uh, that I had to trust that power and to have trust. I had to have relationship with that power. And that's why step 11 is so clear with uh, continuing to improve that relationship. And I'm in that place right now where I need to improve that. Um, I, I just kind of felt a little bit out in left field with, my relationship to the God um, who has my backside. And um, I'm just working. I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I know how to do and that others are helping me to do to uh, reestablish a relationship with God that, uh, that really works. And uh, um, without that... Uh, growing relationship and without that real uh, personal contact um i'm just in a dangerous place and uh, and i'm not happy <laughs> it's just not a good way to feel after years of uh, being abstinent and and years and years and years in recovery it's just not a fun place and uh, so uh, i'm just grateful i could share Grateful that you're all here, and thanks, Russ, uh, for being a, uh, a buddy on the line. So y'all take care. Have uh, a blessed day. Bye. Thanks, Ken. You know how I feel, brother. So that's going to be it. I believe uh, Ken is our last year, and we, we thank uh, everyone who has uh, shared today on this meeting. All right. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour study immediately following closing. So today's share ID, Friday, December 23rd, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. It's 19,782. 19782. All right. We'll now close the reading with a reading from the big book on page 164. And I asked Anne Marie to read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Keep you until then.
morning. This is Anne Marie M., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in South Carolina. And page 164. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, it's coming. It's coming. Okay, here we go. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit, to your fa- admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of, the pe- of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We will be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>